listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 120. So excited about this week's episode. We have a lot to get to, including our special guest. It's a blockbuster. It's a big one. He's making his long-awaited return to Windy City Slam podcast this week. He's the legendary mystical god, the master of the ultimate swerve, Project Monix. A lot has happened since we last had Pat on the show. We talked to him just before Freelance Underground's final phase last October. And as many diehard fans of Chicagoland Independent Wrestling know, they know what happened that night. It was not Project Monix's final match of his career. It was a new beginning for the final phase of Project Monix. And we'll get into that and so much more in just a little bit right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Hey, it's the Cryonic Redneck Coldstone Tim Boston, CS underscore Tim Boston on social media. And when I'm not scooping, when I'm not wrestling, I'm listening to Windy City Slam. Give me a, well, yeah. Well, yeah. All right, welcome back here to Windy City Slam podcast. And like I said, in just a little bit, we will have Project Monix on the show to talk about everything that's happened since Freelance Underground's final phase last October the evolution of his character, this new chapter of Project Monix. So very excited to have him back on for the first time in several months. But let's get to some national news first. Big WWE news of the week was Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out of the company. They walked out during last week's episode of Monday Night Raw. They refused to work in the main event match, which was originally scripted to be a six-pack challenge. It was changed on the fly during the program to Asuka versus Becky Lynch for the number one contendership for the Raw Women's Championship. So WWE basically, they, they subsequently sent out a scathing comment to the media, suspended both Banks and Naomi, and stripped them of their WWE Women's Tag Team Championships also removed all of their merchandise from wweshop.com. Very, very interesting because we've had walkouts before. Stone Cold Steve Austin and CM Punk, chief among the ones that we know the best. But creative differences, it looked like. They were the women's tag team champions, but 
the problem with the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships are the problems they they're just not defended enough on the show. They're not featured the way they should be. Women's wrestling is at an all time high right now. They have a Raw Women's Championship. They have a SmackDown Women's Championship. They also brought on these women's tag team titles, which I thought was a great idea. Get some more women involved in the television programming. But fortunately, it's just it's it's a throwaway match most of the time. And they usually have some pretty good combinations. I do like the Natalia and Shayna Baszler team as well. So I don't know where they're going with all this. Um, I know they're frustrated. Even if Sasha Banks ends up leaving the company, she's earned enough respect in the real world, whether she wants to go to AEW, wants to continue acting like on The Mandalorian, if Koska Reeves comes back into that storyline. Naomi, though, I can't see leaving the company. Her entire family is pretty much there. Um, her husband, her brother-in-law, her cousin, and I, I just can't see it. And 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 by all regards, that Naomi is much more respected than Sasha Banks in the locker room, too. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this breaks down over the next coming weeks and months. Also, we have AEW's Double or Nothing this weekend, and this is going to be a huge show for them. It's Sunday night, May the 29th, at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas on pay-per-view. Main event will be the AEW World Championship between the champion, Hangman Adam Page, defending against Chicago CM Punk in Punk's Biggest match since returning to professional wrestling last year. Wow. I mean, I want to make a prediction here. I have a feeling they're going to give it to Punk. I I, I just do. They brought him in for some pretty big bucks. He's a guy that gets some ratings for them, even though the ratings aren't super great since he's been back in terms of the impact of the ratings. They jumped up a little bit initially, but... I don't know how the AEW fan base is going to react to Punk winning. I mean, if this match was in Chicago, I mean, the fans would go nuts. They love CM Punk, and we all love CM Punk here in Chicago. But I have a feeling if Punk wins, there's going to be a negative reaction from the AEW fan base because it's it's going to kind of feel like a WWE takeover. And Hangman is an AEW guy. He's an AEW original from three, four years ago, and... People gravitated to Page. They, they love him. It's two fan favorites, but even last week on Dynamite, Punk was kind of getting booed a little bit. So this might backfire on AEW if they put it on Punk. But we'll see what happens. And then we also have the AEW Women's World Championship. Thunder Rosa defends against Serena Deeb. AEW World Tag Team Championships. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defend the title in a triple threat match against Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. And no offense to either Keith Lee or Swerve Strickland, I think they're both great. They should both be great singles competitors, not thrown together in a tag team. Keith Lee, I'm sure, didn't want to leave WWE to be part of a tag team. So I think it's kind of a waste of their talent. TBS Championship, the undefeated Jade Cargill defends against Anna Jay of the Dark Order. Then we have Anarchy in the Arena, the crazy five-on-five match between the Jericho Appreciation Society against John Moxley, Brian Danielson, Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. 
the Men's Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Finals, Adam Cole, baby, takes on the winner of Kyle O'Reilly and Samoa Joe, which we'll find out this week on Dynamite. I think it's going to be Samoa Joe, so Adam Cole, Samoa Joe should be a terrific match. And even if it is O'Reilly, it would also be a terrific match and an interesting story in and of itself. But Cole Joe is the play here. And then you'll have the Women's Owen Hart Foundation final, which will be determined this week. The dream tag team match of the Young Bucks against the Hardys should be kind of cool. They actually had this match a few years ago, just before the Hardys rejoined WWE. This match is going to get a lot more eyeballs than any other match they've ever had together against each other. Dream tag team match, Young Bucks, Hardys. And then six-man tag, Death Triangle, Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix against the House of Black of Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. And on the buy-in, we have the tag match of Hook and Danhausen against Tony Nese and Smart Mark Sterling. We'll talk more about AEW's Double or Nothing next week on the program. Local wrestling this past week. Last Friday night, Freelance Wrestling presented a terrific over-the-top rope show at Logan Square Auditorium. And the fans were electric for this show. And I don't know if I've ever heard Logan Square that loud for a freelance show. I I watched it a couple of days later on IWTV as I had some personal family obligations over the weekend. But this was a terrific show. And just to even watch the replay, the electricity from the crowd was just amazing. Freelance Tag Team Championships, three-way match, the Take It Home Wreckers, the Bang Bros, and Pick and Pop went to a no contest when referee Dan Perch threw the match out after excessive brawling. And it even included a spot where Darius Luttrell, who's six foot eight, former UIC basketball player, holds up poor Perch, throws him onto everybody else on the outside of the ring. And that would not be the last we see of Dan Perch on the night. Oh, no. Next match, Coco Lane with Trevor Outlaw at his side defeats Matt Nix by pinfall after interference from Trevor Outlaw. So Trevor is back with a vengeance. He uses one of his knee braces to hit Nix, and that's how it went down. Tag team match, GPA and Laney defeat Shaza McKenzie and Effie after Laney hits the unicutter on Shaza and gets the pin. Big freelance legacy championship match, and the crowd just popped for this result. Brian Keith comes up from Texas. He defeats the freelance legacy champion, Robert Ego Anthony, to win the championship. Despite interference from Frank the Clown, despite some underhanded tactics, Keith pulls it out, hits his finisher, and I mean, the place exploded. It was the loudest pop of the night. Brian Keith wins the freelance legacy championship. Congratulations to the bounty hunter, Brian Keith. Main event was the 30-person battle royal for a future championship match. Now, this championship match will take place at next month's Freelance versus the World. And Robert Ego Anthony, who's still the Freelance World Champion, is going to face the winner of the 30-person Freelance Rumble, which was Storm Grayson. The man is on fire. He was entrant number one. Now, this was a Royal Rumble-style match until the final two. And then the final two had a one fall to a finish match. And Storm Grayson ends up pinning GPA at the very end to win the match and get the title shot next month 
against Robert Ego Anthony. Um, foiled interference. Laney tried to interfere on behalf of GPA. Storm Grayson hits her with a knee trigger. Then Storm follows up with a knee trigger on GPA. Gets the three count. Terrific gutsy performance again by Naperville's own Storm Grayson. And now it appeared that Storm Grayson and Isaiah Velasquez, who was making his return to active competition in freelance wrestling, they were numbers one and two in the match. They last all the way to the end. But in a traditional battle royal, Royal Rumble type story, GPA at some point went out of the ring, was never limited, came back, jumped Isaiah from behind, threw him over the top rope, and then you had your final two of Storm Grayson and GPA. Also, we had some other surprises slash returns in this match, including Kenny Sutra, Chris Castro, and Chicago's favorite daughter, Kylie Ray, as well as Colt Cabana, the AEW star, the independent darling of Chicago. He came back as the Chicago brawler, which was a take on his character from NBC's Young Rock when he was the Brooklyn Brawler on that show. So kind of cool to see him back. He did some of the old Colt Cabana spots with the biotic elbow, and the crowd popped pretty big for that. And one of the surprises from that match, young Xavier Sky, star in training, lasted a very long time in the match. He had some interplay with our guest this week, Project Monix. He also eliminated Project Monix from the match which we're going to talk about later on in the show with Pat when he comes and joins us. And also another funny thing with this freelance rumble, referee Dan Perch was one of the 30 entrants and he was hilarious. Uh, he slipped getting into the ring, but I don't know if he had one of Davy Bang's energy drinks, but then he got up, discharged in the ring, started throwing everybody around. And then I believe he, actually eliminated Ezio Orlandi too. And it was some pretty funny stuff. And people in the Chicago area and in the Milwaukee area really, really love referee Dan Perch. He's a good dude. I just love seeing everything that he does. He's just so passionate and lovable. And I just had to get that in as well. Really, really enjoyed Dan Perch's involvement in the Freelance Rumble. Great show once again from Freelance Wrestling's terrific over-the-top rope show. And then also this past Saturday night, we had Berwyn Championship Wrestling's gone to September at the Berwyn Eagles Club. In the Berwyn Championship Wrestling match, Joe Alonzo retained the championship over Egotistico Fantastico. And also we had AEW's Captain Sean Dean with the victory over one-man dynasty, Darius Luttrell, in what everybody said was a great match. Great showing for Darius against a guy who gets on TV who even owns some wins against MJF and, and folks like that. And then in a street fight, this was crazy. Mr. Kate and Heather Reckless brawled all over the Berwyn Eagles Club. They went on a stage, went through the production area, and Missa even put poor Heather in a trash can and kicked her. Some crazy, crazy stuff. There's some great photos now on Berwyn Championship Wrestling's Facebook page. Matt Tucker Photography took the photos. He does a great job of a lot of the shows over in Berwyn, and these photos are fantastic. You'll get a really good sense of how good that Berwyn Championship Wrestling show was. Upcoming this weekend, 
Warrior Wrestling 22, Saturday night, May the 28th. And this is at the Gateway Convention Center in Collinsville, Illinois, the greater St. Louis area. The show will be on Fight TV on Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Will Ospreay defends the Warrior Wrestling Championship against Davey Richards. Jeff Cobb takes on Jonah. For the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship, Athena makes her first title defense against Janai Kai. Then we have Diana Perrazzo versus St. Louis's own Tootie Lynn. Mike Bennett faces Warrior Medallion holder Casey Navarro. New Japan Dojo Showcase Alex Coughlin versus Yuya Yumura. Adam Brooks versus Warhorse. Camaro Jackson versus Mike Outlaw. And then Dragon Bane versus Alpha Wolf in a lucha match. Also, this Saturday night, we're going to talk a little bit more about this show with Project Monix in just a few minutes. Freelance Underground's Four Quarters, Thornton Distilling Company in Thornton, Illinois. You can see it live on IWTV. Otherwise, you can go get tickets now at fu-tickets.com. Check this show out. Huge night. Freelance Underground Championship, Calvin Tankman defends against Joshua Bishop, who really, really impressed last month. And then it's the Submit or I Quit match, Project Monix versus Matt Mix. Freelance Underground Independent Championship, Storm Grayson defends against Maserati Wes Barkley. GPA takes on Alice Crowley. And then we have the Freelance Underground Tag Team Championships, the Brothers of Funstruction, Yabo and Ruffo, defend against the Bang Bros of Davey Bang and August Matthews. And an additional tag team attraction, Pick and Pop, Darius Luttrell and Coda Hernandez, take on the Philly Marino Experience. Also this weekend, lots of wrestling in Southeast Wisconsin as well. Friday, May the 27th, Fourth Wall Wrestling. This is the May in Milwaukee at Buena Vista Banquets. Saturday night, we have Janesville Wrestling Alliance. Also, Bruce City Wrestling presents a show, Body Slams and Burritos 3 at the Wrestling Taco Restaurant in West Allis. Also Saturday night, Racing Championship Wrestling presents the next episode. And Sunday, coming back to the Chicago area, Ileana Pro Wrestling is at the VFW Post in Richton Park for a matinee show. All right, coming up here, Project Monix joins the show. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So very excited to have this guy come on once again, making his long-awaited return to Windy City Slam Podcast. He's the legendary mystical god, the master of the ultimate swerve, Project Monix. Pat, how are you doing? I'm decent, Mike. I'm always doing decent these days. I, um, yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't have, um, any, any, bad things going on in my life right now 
Everything is good. The glasses you have on, real quick, before we get into anything, aren't those uh, Matt Nix's glasses? No. Um, you know, Matt Nix might wear similar glasses now, um, which doesn't surprise me because people are always um, copying Project Monix. They're always trying to be like Project Monix. Um, and I don't blame them, but it is kind of... Um, it's kind of like a thing, you know, like when you're an innovator and you're a creator and you're always taking steps to um, be unique and then people do what you do. Um, it gets frustrating. It gets a little old, but um, I guess it keeps me on my toes. Yeah. I just noticed that when we started talking uh, on the video portion of this interview and those glasses looked awfully familiar, uh, very, very um, interesting. Anyway, Let's, uh, let's very uh, Versace. I think Nix is our, uh, from the uh, gas station. So big difference. <laughs> a lot has happened since we last spoke on this program. It was just a few days before Freelance Underground's final phase. It, it was like we were writing a eulogy on a good, solid career that was coming to an unfortunate close with a match that was initially scheduled to be against Kylie Ray but it ended up being against Calvin Teichman. Now, let me um, talk for just a minute or two, give the folks a little bit of more of a background on this. You had your bucket list of a small handful of matches. And then on that fateful night of Saturday, October 23rd, 2021, and to paraphrase Dennis Robin from one of the famous Grant Park celebrations, you took us on another wild fucking crazy ride. You came out to challenge Teichman for the Freelance Underground Championship after he had just beaten and demolished GPA like in 30 seconds. Then, just before the main event, we had this video montage, pictures and music and everything. And then we had the match, where it looked like you're going to win on several occasions, came extremely close a couple of times, but eventually the 350-pound tankman just pulled out the victory. After the match, you pull off what I called the ultimate swerve, basically saying the final phase is a new beginning, and you're not retiring. And you started ripping on the fans. And then you attacked Two Juice Andy Long and Matt Nix before leaving with the original Freelance Underground Championship belt, which you still possess to this day. And in my opinion, it was masterstroke. You had his hook, line, and sinker. It was brilliant storytelling. And I mean, what convinced you to concoct such a plot? Well, first things first, Mike. Um... Since that day, since 10, 23, 21, any interview I've taken, any, any podcast, whether it was Pro Wrestling Illustrated or Joe Schmo over on the street um, with, their, um, with their friend that has 33 viewers, <laughs> for all the dumb, foolish, idiotic comments and statements and interviewers out there you do a really good job um i'm actually thoroughly impressed you have you've always nailed it since i started my career and that's why you're gonna get a little bit more out of me than anyone's been getting lately so if anyone's gonna listen to a project monix podcast this is the one because I'll, I'll you know i'll play ball with you mike i i actually do respect you which these days um it's a short list um, I have a high standard because I want people to 
live up to the standard that I set for myself. Um, I'm trying to heal others. I'm trying to help them become more. Uh, I'm giving. I'm caring. Um, that's what you know. This new project Monix is about. The final phase is ending all of what was and helping everyone and everything become what it needs to be. And where that destination is going to lead to, well, that obviously that is classified and I can't even tell you that, Mike. But when we talk about the plan, um, yeah, some have been calling me a mastermind. Some have been calling me an author or a producer. Um, I'm very, very, very calculated. I'm very, very analytical with, with everything, whether it's wrestling or what socks I'm going to wear tomorrow. Uh, I always am three steps ahead. You know, people used to talk about the great Wayne Gretzky, phenomenal hockey players are two plays ahead, but Wayne Gretzky was always three plays ahead. Um, I like to think that maybe for being honest, I mean, I, I'm trying to be humble and say three, but I'm probably four steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so the final phase, that was, that was clockwork. That I, I knew two or three years before 10, 23, 21, that that was going to happen. It was just waiting for the right moment and um, taking the time to let all these people, uh, you know, truly fall in love with me the right way um, instead of, um, you know, jumping the gun on something like this because people weren't ready. They weren't ready, Mike. They were not ready for what we're doing now. Um, and that's okay. I didn't expect them to be, I knew I'd probably have to play the game for six, seven years to be in the position to make the moves I needed to make. Cause in wrestling, you can't just hop in and start doing what project Monix does in 2022. Like that's just not possible it's like you're reading my book. I mean, I had a couple uh, question, a couple of questions down saying that, you know, going back to February of 2020 on the project Monix timeline, when you had the match with Jesus Bryce, and then you wrote on social media that you were taking a break and could be gone. And I was going to ask you the very question, was this all an elaborate plan? Or was it just something that, okay, you were a little burned out. You had some legitimate injury issues, but it seems like you nailed my question before I even asked it. Well, yeah, Mike, um, you know, you're a smart guy, so you kind of can see it now in hindsight. But wrestling is real. The, the physicality, the injuries, all that stuff, um, you know, even even for legendary mystical god Project Monix, someone who eats sleeps and breathes, destroying and terminating anything in his path, you still get some nicks and bruises. You still um, need to switch the spare tire on every now and then. You need to take it in to the shop and get work done. And I knew competing at the elite high level that I was competing at as often as I was, that was what was going to happen. At some point, the injuries were going to pile up where I wouldn't be able to perform at this perfect ascended level that I was performing at that most wrestlers can't keep up with. It was almost impossible of a pace for myself to keep up with, but I knew that because even, even if this, this body, this vessel, my, my physical state couldn't keep up, that's okay because my mental state is four steps ahead. So I was waiting for the opportunity to be hurt enough 
to take myself to the sidelines, to take myself to the ER, to take myself to the doctor, to take myself to the shop, because I'm a fighter. You know that. You've seen me. You've seen me wrestle bell to bell. You've seen me in these gritty matchups with people like Simon Graham. You've seen me bleed. You know whether it was that feud, whether it was with Isaiah Velasquez. You've seen me go the distance. I wouldn't be someone who can take myself out because I'm a fighter. I'm a winner. I'm a champion. I'm a hero. So I was waiting to get injured enough. And man, it took so fucking long. I was shocked that it took that long for me to need to not wrestle. Um, So when it was finally at that point, thank you. Thank you, Wrestling World, for finally giving me enough opponents that were able to put enough scratches and nicks on my body to finally have all those add up that Pat Monix, that Project Monix could not compete. And the, the funniest thing about all that is I probably could have kept competing and kept winning for a little bit longer. Maybe not the best idea because at the end of the, the, end of the day, like I told you, um, we had an end goal that we were going towards and if the car explodes, which I don't think is possible, I just don't want to risk that. You know, I don't want to risk, uh, getting to the point where, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think someone of my stature could possibly break their neck or something like that. Um, but you never know, never say never. That's one thing. Someone is ascended and in, in highly and as highly intelligent as I am, um, still understands expect the unexpected. Now let's turn the page a little bit. Uh, this Saturday night, your feud with Matt Nix continues and quite possibly maybe ends with the submit or I quit match at Freelance Underground's four quarters at Thornton Distilling in South Suburban Thornton. Fans can still get tickets, fu-tickets.com, or they can watch the show live on iwtv.live. And now... And now it's just moments before we started this interview. James Camioni, promoter of Freelance Underground, says he will be in Matt Nix's corner to make sure everything goes to plan. So, Pat, what do you think about that? There's not, there's not too much to think about that. Um, you know, I look at people like James. I look at people like Matt Nix. Um, you know, they've, they've ran professional wrestling companies. Um, they've also performed in the professional wrestling business as, um, active talent. They, they know a thing or two, right? Um, so I'm not gonna overlook something like this in the sense of, oh, Matt Nix with James in his quarter aren't capable of anything because, you look at the current state of this match as, as we head into this, I have a handicap. Chico Suave, as much as I've tried to help him, he, he's been my best friend since, since I entered the Chicago wrestling world. He's in his own head right now. And that is what happened in that last match where, you know, it was Chico versus Nick with me also in the ring uh, and Chico lost to Nick um, and to Nick's. 
I see so much in Chico and I believe in him and I want more for him. So he will be in my corner. So that is something I could see being an issue. Nick's having a stronger presence, a stronger coaching presence with them. I don't need a coaching presence. I just need Chico to stay put. And I have a solution for that. And you will see it at the show. So that one potential hiccup, one potential problem, I have solved. So if there's any doubts in anyone's minds as Nix is entering towards the ring with James and I then enter with Chico, please eliminate that doubt. It will be me versus Nick. James will not be able to make any difference and neither will Chico. That's going to be very interesting. Now with the whole thing with you and Matt, I mean, this goes back to last October, at least in all appearances, it goes back to last October. Maybe obviously something in your mind, it goes back even farther than that. So what is the beef with you and Matt Nix? Yeah. You want to, uh, you want to get, dirty you want to get into the, the weeds of it i mean sure. matt nix is, is everything that i'm not okay matt nix is a dreamer matt nix is one of these people who didn't didn't go down the path that i went down in the sense of realizing and understanding that these people do not give a fuck about you. These fans don't give a fuck about you. These promoters don't give a fuck about you. The other wrestlers in the locker room don't give a fuck about you. Nick's wants wrestling to be great. He's a true believer. He has love and passion for professional wrestling and that's admirable and i respect that but i also simultaneously have to laugh at that because i've lived this and this is this is no joke these people these these, these i almost feel wrong even calling them people it's like everyone that i've ran into in this industry has let me down and they've let nick down too they've let matt nick down but he still believes, but I need to show, I need to show Matt Nix something realer, something truer, something better that he can believe in. I'm teaching Matt Nix to believe in Project Monarchs, to believe in the final phase, to believe in my teachings, to believe in these classified lessons that he is getting to learn as he steps in the ring with me that no one else can learn unless they interact with me. This is one at a time. This is one fan at a time. This is one wrestler at a time. This is one referee at a time. This is one interview at a time. This is not going to be an easy process. When you look back to when I was doing things the way Matt Nix does them, when I believed in professional wrestling, when I loved professional wrestling with a pure heart, all Matt Nix ever did was let me down like everyone else. I have a, a story. I'll sum it up real quick. Nick said people in his ear. I was breaking in. I was hot. I was getting booked on good shows and good matches. 
building a fan base, selling t-shirts, gaining followers on the internet. A show comes, freelance wrestling. Young Pat Monix isn't booked. Okay, no problem. Not a big deal. I'm a go-getter. I have a drive. I'll get a different booking. I'll go wrestle because I was wrestling as much as I could, as often as I could to become the best wrestler I could be. So I confirmed with them, hey, am I booked for the show? Am I in a match? Answer was no, you're not on this month. Cool. Another show, sees the value in Pat Monix, books me, names the show after me, puts me in the main event, pays me double what freelance wrestling was going to pay me for that night. They run across town blackballed pat monix won't work at freelance again i didn't wrestle at freelance for over a year after that and it was the best blessing in disguise ever mike because i found out not the hard way i found out the easy way they made it no choice they said you're done you're out you think you're better than us how does that add up to me that's not someone that's one plus one equals three i wanted to wrestle on your show you didn't want to use me I went and wrestled on a different show because I believe in myself. I believe in Project Monix. I, I don't, I, I'm done trusting and putting my faith into others. All I have is me. All I have is my work ethic, my drive, my performance, my ability to come through in tense situations, in big moments, in main event matches like I'm doing. So I went out, Mike, and I went everywhere else. And I made a name for myself. And I got over. And I got better. Until so freelance had no choice but just go, hey man, this this cat, this, this Pat Monix, Project Monix at this point, he's evolved in something else. He checks every single box. He's right here. These fans are clamoring. Let's book him. They gave me another chance. They gave me another chance at the 2019 Freelance Royal Rumble, and I went in there off the jump. Isaiah Velasquez, who's the head trainer of the Freelance Wrestling Academy. We can get into that all later. Mm -hmm. One of Matt Nix's best friends, one of Matt Nix's mentors. Matt Nix, when he created Freelance, said, I want the focal point of my wrestling company to be Isaiah Velasquez, the definition, because I believe, Isaiah, I believe you are so good and no one else sees it because they haven't got into. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do with freelance. I'm going to build it around you. And when he put you on the pedestal, you deserve to be. And he did. And he put him on that pedestal. And Isaiah deserved that. And it's, it was a shame at that point that it took that long. And Isaiah took that ball and he ran with it. And he built freelance. He made it this thing. He became the ace of freelance. And in 2019, when I showed up in that battle royal with Isaiah Velasquez, Isaiah looked across the ring. And he saw someone that was better at professional wrestling than him. And that made him sick because I had been in professional wrestling a quarter of the time as him at that point. You know, when you look in someone's eyes and you see fear and you, you smell that blood, it's a very, very interesting feeling. And to me, it was shocking because I never thought I would see that when I got in the ring with Isaiah Velasquez. And I look at people like Isaiah Velasquez, people who I used to look up to, and now I look down at them. Because at the end of that year, 
when that feud was over, I was standing tall. And yeah, I'll, I'll be humble. I'll be modest for a second. That was a big stepping stone, a big moment. Everyone was there, though. And everyone witnessed it. And everyone knew what happened. And no one will admit it. Because after that, where was, where was Project Monix's freelance wrestling championship match? Where was that? Years later, when it's going to be Project Monix versus Kylie Ray, where was Kylie Ray? Yeah. See, these people, Mike, these people who are in charge, these people who are on the top of freelance wrestling, they all have fear in their eyes when they look at Project Monix. And I smell that blood every day, and it is funny at this point. It is hilarious to me that there is anyone even pretending that I have not ascended past this entire brand. And that is the mission I'm on right now. Okay. You want to pretend this isn't how things are? Okay. I'll reshow you day over day, show after show, phase after phase, over and over and over, and I'll do it with a smile on my face the entire time. So to bring it all back, I know that was a lot, Mm-hmm. that is the difference between Matt Nix and me that is the difference between me and everyone in freelance wrestling Matt Nix he's the perfect example because apparently Isaiah wasn't enough of an example for people apparently it wasn't so maybe I need to do that again and maybe I need to do it a lot more lopsidedly so we can get to that first things first the founder of freelance wrestling that will be ended. That will be ended next week. Okay, so turning the page, when we spoke last October, we talked a bit about the style that burned you out a little bit. We talked about working smarter, not harder. From the matches I've seen over the past few months, it seems like you've adopted that philosophy for the most part, not taking as many high risks, not going overly crazy with stuff. Was that a necessity in this chapter of your career? You know, Mike, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that one slide. Um, I don't get phased very easily anymore. I like to take a breath if I have anything ever, even slightly rubs, my, rubs me the wrong way. And I know you had no ill intent with that comment. Project Monix is better than ever. Bigger, faster, stronger. If I want to climb to the top rope and jump off of it, I will. I just haven't had to yet. And other than Calvin Tankman, I'll give him credit. Technically, that was right before the ultimate swerve. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt the need to dig that deep. When I wrestle people like Matt Nix, when I wrestle people like the students of the Freelance Wrestling Academy or the rookies, some of these rookies who've been going a little longer, beat the shit out of them. It's like autopilot. It's like walking walking the dog. I don't don't need to climb to the top rope or dive out the ring to beat Xavier Sky, Saban Gage, Aaron Payne. 
these kind of cats? Nah. Matt Nix? Hell no. But maybe, maybe this show, I'll do one just for you because of that comment. Just to remind you and everyone else who might have forgot that I can go a little faster and a little higher when I feel like it. Okay. Noted. Um, you appeared at the Freelance Rumble this past Friday night, and you cherry-picked some early eliminations with the Freelance Academy kids, the rookies that you were just talking about. But Xavier Sky somehow got the best of you in that match. And uh, I hate to do this to you, but facts are facts. He also pinned you back at the Emporium Arcade Bar a few months ago in a six-man tag. So what is it with Xavier Sky? And uh, was this his lack of focus on your part? Or did he just get lucky? Or what happened? So I'll peel the I'll peel the curtain back. This is someone I don't think anyone knows. Like I told you, when I stepped away from wrestling, those injuries were real. And when I was preparing for my, my, my plan, the final phase, I had to start training again. And I needed a training partner. I needed a sparring partner. Carlos Galli from Galli Lucha Libre gave me the key to his building where he had a ring. It was, hidden back room, boxing bags, all sorts of equipment, nice little training center. Somehow, some way, some kid named Xavier Sky, who's a wrestling fan, breaking into the business, now he's been wrestling a little bit in some bike shed somewhere, contacts me on my social media pages and asks if I can train him. And I just kind of think to myself, huh, well, that's that's pretty nice. I could I could use someone to like beat up on and get some reps in with, and um, as, as I'm healing. And so I invited him. I invited him to Galley Lucha, started training with me, and I started teaching him because I'm giving and caring and empathetic, and I'm a locker room leader. I lead by example, and I bring others up. I elevate them. So. Xavier Sky starts coming to these sessions and he started to learn some of my tricks. He knows a little bit more about these tactical, masterful miracles that I pull off in the ring bell to bell than most people would. Mm -hmm. And I got to give credit where credit's due. He sensed a moment, a moment, he knew my body movements and he caught one puncher's chance. He slipped it. He got me with a brain buster on the belt. And I don't think someone who had not been spending that much time with me would have been able to pull off what Xavier Sky did. I don't care how good they are or how seasoned they are. I don't think it has anything to do with Xavier Sky being really good or a match for me. I think it's because he was training with me. I think that's the only reason that happened. And the rumble, I'll bring it up so you don't have to, so you don't have to feel like you're offending me or anything like that. He eliminated me in that as well, like, like you had kind of gotten to. He, he got a pin on me in Emporium. He eliminated me at the rumble. Neither of those rings were regulation size, so let me make that clear. 
But he did get those moments. Lightning, lightning, lightning doesn't strike three times. So when that match happens, whether it's at freelance versus the world or in his backyard, I'm going to put him in the dirt. That's very interesting. I do want to say, going back to Xavier Sky real quick, not only did I teach him everything he knows, but I also made the decision to send him to the Freelance Wrestling Academy. Okay? Okay. And you know me. There's a reason for everything I do. So we will get to that later. But I just wanted to make that very clear to anyone who might be listening, anyone who might be following Xavier Sky's career. Not only did I take him in under my wing and help him grow, I also pushed him in a very specific direction. So when we talk about things being by design, keep in mind, I know where I'm going with things. Xavier Sky doesn't get to freelance wrestling without Project Monix. Xavier Sky doesn't get to wrestle Project Monix at freelance wrestling without knowing Project Monix. Did Project Monix lose these matches on purpose? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, keep your eyes open when you're watching magic take place. Indeed. And with you, there's been a lot of magic to your credit. So I'm looking forward to even more magic this Saturday night over at Freelance Underground's Four Quarters. And before we go and wrap this up, I want to mention you were supposed to finally catch that ghost in Kylie Ray last October. But unfortunately, that didn't happen for whatever reason. That car changed the last minute. Is the goal still to get Kylie in the ring to prove your superiority over her? Kylie Ray does not want that match. You know, you can ask her. She can speak on it. But I'm saying Kylie Ray does not want that match. And I've known for quite some time that Kylie Ray does not want that match. I knew as we were building towards the final phase that Kylie Ray does not want that match, did not want that match. When I would picture that match, Mike, I knew Kylie Ray would not be there. I knew that the whole time. I thought maybe, maybe if we built it this way, I might have to pull an audible. There might be a chance that she does show up and that's what happens. But that was, that was largely expected, just like everything after has been. And Kylie Ray is the trainer at the Freelance Wrestling Academy for a lot of these students, a lot of these rookies. So just keep that in mind. Okay. I'm continuing on this war path, Mike. I am going to take what I want. I'm going to take what I deserve, and I'm going to prove to everyone where I stand in this wrestling scene, this wrestling world, this sport. If, if anyone has ever, ever even thought of what would happen if Project Monix and Kylie Ray got in the ring, I like to think deep down, every single one of these people who've had this thought about the specific match, these specific two wrestlers in one ring for one match, I think everyone knows what would happen. We just got to get there. All right, Pat, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, but before we go, I want to ask you to share your social media handles promote whatever merchandise if you choose, and then uh, whatever upcoming events you have over the next few weeks. 
Yeah, so it would all start with uh, go figure it out by. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I guess that's going to wrap it up with uh, Project Monix. And um, we will unpack this in just a moment right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Well, that was certainly interesting. Uh, Project Monix with the interesting exit from our little interview. Uh, he didn't even say goodbye. I mean, I thought we were buds, but Project Monix is the legendary mystical god. So I, I guess he just makes exits now the way he wants to make his exits. But other than that, really, really good interview. Good time talking to Project Monix, kind of breaking down what happened with the final phase and heading into what could be the blow-off match with Matt Nix this Saturday night at Freelance Underground's Four Quarters at Thornton Distilling. All right, next week, we'll recap AEW's Double or Nothing. We'll talk about Freelance Underground's Four Quarters, maybe a little bit of Warrior Wrestling as well, plus making his debut on Windy City Slam podcast, the master of Team Alfonso Dojo, freelance wrestling and freelance underground rising star, Alfonso Gonzalez. You're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.